A stress-free Mets victory? What world are we in? Stroh tossed a one-hitter, and the Mets took two out of three in Cincy to make their lead three and a half games in the NL East. We'll talk about the series win, what this team needs to add, and the upcoming documentary to be 11-game homestand in Flushing. Our special guest this week is the founder of the Seven Line. That would be Darren Meenan. All that plus the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy on a brand new episode of Amazing But True from the New York Post. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks. It's out of here. We got you. Ooh. Welcome back to Amazing but True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. I'm Jake Brown alongside my co-host, former Mets pitcher, the record for most times DFA in a season, which Jared Eikhoff is soon approaching Nelson Figueroa. You can follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio and at Figgy NY later in the show. We will be joined by the founder of the Seven Line. That would be Darren Meenan. Some of you who listen have maybe sat with the Seven Line Army in center field in the Big Apple Reserve seats. If you haven't, it's a good time. If you don't like standing up for a game, do not sit there, whatever you do. Because every time there's two strikes, you're standing. So we'll chat with Darren about his, you know, turning hustling T-shirts into a lifestyle. Sounds like a rap lyric from like Jay-Z or something. Uh, But Darren will join us later in the show. We got Sarah McCrory here along for the ride as well. And we have the Mets winning a series again, just finding new ways to win. Roster moves up the wazoo. I mean, you don't even know who's on the roster anymore. Jeff Hartley, Johnny Heineken. I don't don't know (laughs) who's coming here next. There's new guys on the roster that we've never heard of. Figgy, Robert Stock, his stock is down because he's on the IL now. So stocks are down. That was too easy of a a New York Post headline there. But Figgy, hey, three and a half games up. They take two out of three. Stroman, eight, one hit innings, just dominated. Familiar night. I mean, it was a stress-free win outside of maybe McNeil pulling up a little bit lame, but it seems like he'll be okay. But Wednesday's one of those games where you're like waiting for a stressful moment and it never came. After you know, Tuesday a close game and Monday where the where the Jets beat the Bengals 15-11 in a shootout, five-hour marathon. It was refreshing to not only get Wednesday, but today as we record this, have a day off. We get the night, go have a drink, take your significant other out to dinner. And we have like 48 hours or 36 hours to relax before an 11-game homestand ahead. You know, this team is, we talked about the roller coaster ride, it is they did not disappoint. You go into Pittsburgh, and I talked about playing to the level of your competition, right? The game should have been won on Saturday. I know you could say ifs all, all day long, but the game should have been won on Saturday. So they would have been able to win that series. They go to Cincinnati, they win that series. The cast of characters and anybody who seems to pitch for the Mets seems to get injured immediately after pitching for the Mets. It's unbelievable how this roster has turned over. There's been 31 pitchers, 10 outfielders, 10 infielders, and three catchers. That means there's been 54 different people to don a Mets jersey already. And we just got over the all-star break and went to the second half. I and tweeted I, a joke that there would be 69 players this year on the team. They're very much getting close to 69 They're, they're going to get very close to that. And I think it's it's out of necessity, but more so each and one every one of these guys that they're picking up off waivers, you know, they're expensive. 
expendable. So they have to DFA them as soon as they use them for, you know, the one game or whatever it may be. There's going to be names that you will never remember. But at the same time, what you are remembering is the way that this team continues to win ballgames and find a different guy almost daily. Uh, You know, the GOAT in one game becomes the hero the next with Luis Guillorme, making three errors very early on and then makes the play later on in the game. He hits a home run yesterday, only his second home run of his uh, career, which is very shocking. But he's been really, for a guy who has to step into that role of, you know, replacing Lindor, he has been just outstanding. And I think we have to take note of that. In the second half thus far, you got Alonzo batting 346, two homers, four RBIs. Smith has turned it on at 318, six RBIs with two home runs, including the Grand Slam yesterday that I don't know how it got out of the ballpark. The great American band box, it as looked like, uh, Gary called it. It looked like a pop-up to everyone, and even the announcers said the same thing, right? Conforto is only batting 231, but it's been timely hitting. It's been big home runs and big moments. We said how much they need that from Conforto, right? Uh, five RBIs. Nimmo, remember Nimmo was the catalyst when he came back. We kept saying this offense will go as long as Nimmo goes. Nimmo's only batting 200. He's got 10 walks and nine strikeouts, which of which I'm going to say probably eight of them are looking, which that's the thing that annoys me with Nimmo. He'll have a high strikeout total, but he'll have a high walk total. He takes the 3-2 pitch and leaves it up to the umpire to decide the at-bat. That's the annoying part. But his on-base percentage is nearly 500 at 484. So when he gets on, he gets things going. And we've seen the difference in this offense since he's been back. But my MVP thus far, you know, and it's only been six games, has been Luis Guillorme. He's batting over 400. He's batting 400 right now, playing a solid defense other than the one day. And he's going to have to be that guy. He's going to have to be that guy until Lindor comes back, which we have no idea when that's going to be. On the other side of it, Marcus Stroman finally was able to do something that you know he wants to do. He's an ace-type mentality pitcher, right? I don't care where you put him, if he's a number two, three, four, whatever you say. He's an ace-type mentality, and that's what has gotten him this far in this game of baseball. He goes out there. He wants to try and go all nine. It's been lackluster at times, and with his mental state of inciting riots, I mean, there's been like three bench clearing things that happened wrapped around Marcus Stroman. When he's focused like he was in Cincinnati last night or yesterday, he's as good as it gets because he can mess up your tempo, mess up your timing. He has all the different pitches to have you guessing and tying hitters in knots. And so this is the kind of Marcus Stroman I think the Mets need a lot more of and he wants to be. In his last 10 starts, three and four with a 2.72. So the ERA is fantastic. Uh, he's only three and four. Um, in those 10 starts. So they weren't scoring runs, but now if you can score this guy a couple of runs and he can give you some depth and the bullpen can get a much needed breather because they're rotating guys in and out. We've had five guys just in the six games of the second half. We've had five new faces, right? You had Stock, uh, Nagusek, uh, Hartlieb, Banda. These are the type of names, like I said, they're going to rotate and be in and out. Tommy Hunter, where is he? Whatever happened to him? Yamamoto. He's still celebrating his first hit. He's in celebration mode. He's having bush lights with Aaron Loop. All these guys, it's one of those things where you look at this team and you're saying the wins that they're getting are been hard earned. And you see them, that battle. I stayed up to watch every minute of that battle as they made that comeback and you had the pinch hit home run by McCann. You know, he hasn't had a, you know, a big year by any means, but that's a big moment right there that you can always draw back on. You look at all the way up and down that lineup that would just 
home run after home run. Pilar, of course, almost running through another wall. And you know what he gives on that defensive side. But hits a three-run home run. Conforto follows with another home run. And it still got dicey right there at the end. Trevor May stepped up in a big way. And that's why one of the reasons why you went and signed him. How could you not be concerned with Diaz, Figgy? You have to consider at this point, and we said this last show, get him right. The Yankees were doing it with Chapman here. You got to get him right. You can't keep throwing him out there. And I know they said they still have confidence. And Dave Jow said that, who I would love to play bingo with on a Friday at a veterans hall or an off night. I would love to play a little bingo with Dave Jow's. But you have to consider throwing a loop or a may out there, Figgy, to be closer. You can't keep messing around here. You're in a playoff push. And if Edwin Diaz can't be trusted, let him get his confidence back because he's clearly shook. He's going to have to do it without Lindor because I know they said, oh, I need Lindor, my guy. And we joked about that, and I, I put a clip in, in my new TikTok account, which you can follow at Jake Brown Radio. But you have to consider making him a seventh or eighth inning guy in a lower leverage role because he's uh, not pitching well. This slider is hit or miss right now. His fastball is all over the zone. So I don't know if there's a physical ailment more so than it's the mental thing. And we talked about Diaz last year, especially when there was no fans. No pressure because they weren't booing him in the uh, virtual noise with the virtual crowd. He wasn't getting booed. You know, I wasn't feeling the pressure of the fans. Now, as a closer, and if the other team has bases loaded, they're loud as all hell. You got to find a way to turn that around like as if it's your home fans and just be able to kind of feed off that energy. I see the exact opposite. Like, he looks shook. In that Pirates game. And even though the pitch wasn't a bad pitch, it was way inside. It still was a grand slam at the end of the day to lose the game. You can't keep him as closer. Is that right? Because last year you said keep him in there. I think after what happened the other night, another blown save. He's got to go. Closers these days are, are just different. They're just different because I don't think at any time in the old school closers, you could name like the top 10 closers in the last, say, 10, 15 years. Those closers, if they had a bad game, so what? They knew they were going to still be the closer. I think in this day and age with social media and everything else, and you have a bad game as a closer, and you go and you look at your social media, and you're seeing everybody saying, get rid of this guy, get him out of here. That starts to play on you right there, too. And you're sitting there spiraling all night long until the next day. And they always say, oh, yeah, you know, I forget about it. No, you don't. No, you don't. We can tell. We can tell. He had the best outing when he had the, what, it was like a 10-pitch inning where he blew everybody away. To go from that to the very next day or the very next time out to go to what he's at now, that's scary, man. That's that's something that you don't see very often from a guy who has saved, what, 56, 57 games in a season before and a guy that they desperately need to have and get right. I don't know how you can get him right without just throwing him back out there. This is like a, a baby bird in, in the nest. You got to push him out and see if he's going to fly. If he's not going to fly, That's he's on his own. I mean, but you have to put him back out there. Yeah, I disagree. I think you can't keep saying that. He's going to keep blowing saves. Oh, let's put him out again. Let's put him out. You built this bullpen with other closers like a Familia. Even if you put Familia as pitch well, I'd feel more comfortable at this point. Or May or Loop. Loop in a sub-1-5 era. There's other options there. So I, I think it's time that you put Diaz in a lower leverage role, but they have no thought of removing him after three blown saves, which is mind-blowing to me. That's the big question right now with the Mets is can you feel confident in him? The other question is Jacob deGrom now. He's starting to feel a little bit better. We'll see if he's back sometime in this upcoming 11-game homestand, but 
excited for this homestand because it's a it's a couple of big tests here. One, it's you get a Toronto Blue Jays team who's been good. You get Steven Matz and fireworks night. I mean, talk about fireworks and fireworks. The return of Steven Matz, who figure I believe should get a great ovation. I think he was good for this team. Obviously, he had his downs, but was a class act. Big in 2015, was great with the bat, is a Long Islander. I think he'll get a nice ovation from the Mets fans Friday. You get McGill, who's been great. You get Walker, who's been great. And then Sunday, TBD. Monday, doubleheader, TBD. So it's almost like, you know, Carrasco got pounded for five runs and they're thinking about, do we bring him back now? 40 pitches he only went. And I'm thinking, I don't think he's ready, but the Mets have literally no options. It's Hartlieb, Tropiano going to make a spot start. It's almost like they're trying to get these back just because they have no arms left. So unless they go out and get Barrios in a trade this weekend, which we might not see till that deadline, the 31st, it's almost like they're rushing these guys back out of necessity versus uh you know them actually being ready to come back yeah listen when it comes to carrasco um it didn't matter if he gave up five runs or no runs it, it, with him it was just about how did he feel afterwards how's he recovered since i know he's mid 90s with his fastball right now was using his fastball a ton i actually had a friend of mine who was at the game said he you know he didn't look too good but he said but all he was throwing was fastballs you know so it, it was a, about him getting and, and out of those 40 pitches if he was throwing a majority of fastballs that's what you're looking for him having that ability of, of throwing those fastballs exerting himself that much and in this day and age if he can give you 60 pitches would you rather have 60 pitches from Carrasco or 60 pitches from a guy named I don't, I, I'm running out of names I can't even put letters together w- without it being a real Met you know <laughs> Johnny Smokes to, to, to Pucky, uh, you know S-Z-Q-L-Y so it, it, that's where you're at right right now is that I don't want him rushed, but I think he's also, you know, feeling like, damn, I want to be able to do something. And if it's in a double header game where he can give you four innings, you know, and that at least saves you a little bit on the back end, because they're going to have three TBDs, which is unbelievable for a team who's in first place. And you don't know who's going to be pitching. And TBDs in a double header against a team that's still very much in the divisional race with the Braves. And like you lose three or four out of five of those games and you go into that trade deadline weekend, you know, the black jersey return. And it's a brand new divisional race. So these are essential games. But maybe you're right. Maybe you throw Carrasco out for one of the games of the doubleheader and he gives you four innings. That's your hope. But, man, I mean, if you're giving up three homers and five runs in the minors and he only went 41 pitches, it's almost like they're rushing him because he's made two starts. He's thrown, like, two innings and an inning and two-thirds. I'd like to see him get one more rehab start and go four and not get pounded before I feel comfortable just saying, all right, here, come to the big leagues. I'm from a cloth of when you're a major league pitcher, what you do in the minors, you don't care. What's funny is for, God, for as long as I can remember, big league guys hated to face the minor league guys because they're like, you can't set these kids up. They're just swinging. And they're so gassed up and amped up to face a major league guy that they are swinging out of their shoes. You can't set them up. It's not like you can, I'm going to throw a fastball here, then throw a breaking ball, then work. Because there's stuff that you're, you're just trying to work on stuff. You know what I mean? You're just trying to throw strikes. You're just trying to, you know, repeat your delivery over and over again. And this is coming from the all-time minor league strikeouts leader analysis right here. Now's the pick our own. Yeah, but the, here's the thing. I didn't. I wasn't afforded that luxury at any point in my career. I had to get those strikeouts so that I could keep playing and getting paid. The now I know game. why you were striking everyone out. They were all swinging out of their asses. It, because you have to find ways to set them up and take advantage of their weaknesses. Most minor leaguers' weaknesses, they can't hit a breaking ball very well. So you have to start backwards. You throw your breaking ball first, and then you work your fastball. 
fastball and off the plate. For a guy like Carrasco, he's like, I'm coming at him with my first pitch fastball I'm on everybody. And they hit that. And what are you going to do? So what? You tip your cap and keep moving on. Because those stats will never, ever matter to Carlos Carrasco like they did for me. For him, I, I, again, I think everybody, all the reports that I'm hearing, all the, they're saying he looks good. The ball's coming out of his hand well. He's feeling healthy and like his legs are feeling stronger. That's the most important part. So I could see him being one of those doubleheader games. It, it, it's a role that he wants to come in and help this team. Stroman, uh, you know, stepped up in a major way. That's something that we love to see because his last few outings, you know, he's been puttering around five innings and, and that's not normal for him. And you, you have to realize that some of these guys that have that little bit of old school mentality to them still don't want to be taken out because it's just a third time through the lineup or it's a seven inning doubleheader and he wasn't at his best. He gave up three runs, but he's been, you're talking about a two, seven, two ERA and you have a losing record and the team even has a losing record in your games. That's frustrating because he's pitching well enough to win these ball games, and they need this guy to have that kind of swagger that he had yesterday. It's a quiet swagger because that's Cincinnati Reds bench. Castellanos and all those guys, you get them fired up. And in that little ballpark, and that game could quickly turn around. I love the way he was focused and under control yesterday, and that's the kind of Strowman we need from here on out. Their bats look like they may have had too much skyline chili, as you oh like to say, God. the night before. They were you know, on the toilets for all the game, uh, clearly, because they could not one hit um and pour one out for the homies billy mckinney has been traded to the dodgers for double a outfielder carlos rincon and cash so you know mckinney brings in a prospect he was the kind of guy you got really for nothing uh he had some moments for the mets wasn't great wasn't terrible was in between liked him but you knew he wasn't gonna stick all year and the mets get something for him and that's gonna be the theme of next week's shows is what are they gonna do everyone's saying now, we don't need Chris Bryant. He left game with a hamstring soreness or something. Do they actually need him? Is he going to take playing time from J.D. Davis, who's hit well? Jeff McNeil's been surging. I you know, I never thought that was the true need. The true need, we all know, is pitching. And your hope is it could come in a package with a player. I, you know, the Donaldson Barrios that we always talk about or the Brian Hendricks. But that's the key here for for the Mets is to get the pitching and hope DeGrom's okay. The Mets season and their playoff and World Series hopes will ride on DeGrom being okay for the playoffs and okay enough, Figgy, where in October he can go seven or eight innings, not five innings, and force the bullpen to try and close the job. So that's what the uh, championship's hopes will ride on. Well, I mean, when you go back to the Cubs again, you know, if the Cubs are feeling like they're truly out of it, you've got a guy like Kimbrell. If you're looking for a closer, he's one of the top ones that you can consider as consistent as anybody else in the game. So I don't know if I need to. Uh, Hendricks would be nice if you can get Kimbrell, even if you don't get Bryant. I'm not all out on Bryant, but I don't know what you're going to, what kind of prospects you're looking to give up when you're, your minor league system has been kind of overturned anyway in the past year when you had a agent as a GM who traded away everybody, traded away every single first round pick we had in the last four years, deciding that he had to win now. And he went and tried to make big splashes and it didn't work out. So the best laid plans don't always work out. You got to give him E for effort because he knew as a agent turned GM, he wasn't going to have much leeway and he did not. So when he wasn't able to perform, they've gotten rid of him. Sandy's back and we've seen Sandy do this before. So uh, like I said in the beginning of the tease with the 11 days in flushing, 
I think uh, something good is going to happen. Is it E? For, you say I always say E for effort. I thought it was an A for effort. Is it? Yeah. I give him an E for effort. Is that how the saying goes? Yeah, there's a million different ways to say it. Tomato, tomato. Sarah, have you heard of this? Putting in an E for effort. I always thought it was A, like a great. You get a grade of an A for effort. Yeah, I thought it was A for effort. Mm-mm. Yeah, I think Figgy, you're wrong on Mm-mm. this. I don't know. And use the word puttering too, which I haven't heard in a while. Good SAT word there by you. Puttering is uh, an SAT word. Yeah, it's <laughs> SAT where'd you, where'd you word? go to school? <laughs> the pride of Hofstra, baby. <laughs> Esteemed university, you know, number one college radio station um, in America. That that is actually true. We were not number one. So I gotta look at this up. E for effort. I, I'm pretty sure it's it's definitely it's A for effort. You're wrong. You can, you can yep. say what you want. I mean, I e guess for, you could this say is e. Mer- this is America with no A. You've oh, been debunked. It. Your myth has Go been ahead. debunked. Thank you. Sarah, your thoughts on my my TikTok from Clips of Amazing But True? I, uh, do I get the theme of TikTok right going here? You're getting it. You're getting there. I liked yeah. it. It wasn't bad. That I wouldn't say bad. I laughed, but like, you know, I, Damn it. I had a little <laughs> breath through the nose, you know? <laughs> a breath through the nose. You know? <laughs> it's me after a chicken parm hero is a breath <laughs> through the nose. What is this? I breathed through my nose. I It was good. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to TikTok. I got a Mama Mia medley TikTok coming today. Get ready. It's going to break the internet. Get me off TikTok and get me over to the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy before Darren Meenan and uh, the founder of the Seven Line joins us. We'll go to the Academy and again, coming up for the Mets, three against the Blue Jays, five against the Braves, three against the Reds. Steven Matz returns. Get out to City Field. Excited for big crowds. Fireworks night Friday and a huge 11 game homestand that'll make a lot of determinations of what the Mets do next weekend when the trade deadline hits. So you get black jerseys and maybe get Chris Bryan in a black jersey. Maybe get Jose Barrios in a black jersey next weekend. But let's head to the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy next on Amazing But True. Bienvenidos, mi gente, to the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy, where I continue to try and culturalize Jake Brown. Yes, one Jake Brown and his inability to make at least some adjustments. Make some what would my Spanish name be? What would like? What's Jake Jacobo, Brown? Jacobo. Jacobo. And well, my Bra- full name's Jake, not Jacob. Is well, it still Jacobo? There's no short one for that. You're going with well, Jacob Brown. Jacobo. And what's Brown? Brown in defense. You could say cafe, like cafe brown, like coffee color brown. So cafe. You could say Jacobo cafe. Wait, my name would be Jacobo cafe. No, no, not Jacobo. I don't know. Jacobo. Not H. It's an H. J is an H. Jacobo. J- Jacobo. Mm-hmm. Jacobo cafe. That name is so much cooler than Jake Brown. <laughs> Holy cow. I thought Jacques was cool. Jacobo cafe here. Oh my God! I'm changing yeah. my name. I'm gonna be Ocho Cinco. I'm changing it. Jacobo Cafe. There's a million. Like brown could be pardo, could be marron, could be uh, this moreno. You could be. How about that, Jacobo Moreno? Anything with a rolled R, I can't, because then I wouldn't be able to say my name to anyone. <laughs> I'd be like, can't so even like, pronounce my own name. Chestnut brown is castaño. So Jacobo Castaño. Jacobo Antatacupo. Oh boy! Congrats, congrats to him. Shout out. All right, so our first one for today is going to be our T-shirts. So this is dedicated, this 
Academy to the fans. Uh, Jake, as you know, is always going to City Field with some extra T-shirts re- repping the Amazing But True podcast. And I'll break the news to our listeners that we will have blue ones coming in a little bit. We have half blue, half orange. One nice. more batch of 50 shirts, mm-hmm. and we'll have half blue. So I know there's going to be a couple of people. Now, you already had one. Don't steal the blues and you get two colors. We'd like to spread the wealth to other people on these shirts. All right. So for our T-shirts, camisetas de nosotros. Camisetas de nosotros. Camisetas de los otros. No, no los otros. Camisetas de nosotros. Camisetas de nosotros. I love how it's like you have push pins in your mouth. You move your mouth a certain way that it pokes you and you can't finish the, the word. Camiseto? No, camiseto. Camisetas. Camisetas. De nosotros. De nosotros. There you go. I like that. Camisetas. Jake, did you take Spanish? Nosotros, that's us, right? Ours? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I retained oh. something. I took okay. French. That's the whole theme of this thing is I don't know Spanish. Uh, yeah, Your turn, this... Miss Miss Spanish McCrory over here. What is this? Can you repeat it again? Camisetas de nosotros. Camisetas de nosotros. Look, you see, this is when you have a real student, someone who wants to learn. I just want to put it out there. I did horribly in Spanish in high school. so I must be a good teacher then. So You we're did going... horribly, period. You were a 2.0 student, Sarah. Basically. We're going on to, we're going on to our next one. And again, the Is theme... our next one Al Lighter lighting a lighter of Al Lighter lighting a lighter, which I had in my hands. I tweeted out one of the greatest gifts ever received. I'd like to know how to say that. But... That would your head would probably explode if we did that one. Honestly. Oh, my head explodes every day. It was just my daily life, but that's fine. <laughs> well, I'll give you that one as a bonus at the end, all right? All right. Ooh, a little bonus. And I will say, I forgot to mention the whole show, August 8th, and we'll say it next week, Catch Astoria podcast, live podcast, 1 p.m., Mets Phillies, 5 p.m. recording, Catch Astoria, August 8th. Boom. Continue. Okay. I didn't catch the invite to that one. Oh, well, it's that's it's the first time news. hearing that breaking news. Yeah, you are invited. You have to speak Mira, Spanish usted, only there. Con cálmate, silencio. Estamos en clase de español. In other words, sorry. He said, <laughs> "Be quiet. We're in class." Okay. I say sorry. Lo siento. Lo siento. Okay, so now we're uh, again for the fans. Fireworks night on the Friday. We got fireworks. How do you think you say fireworks, Jake? Orque de fuego. Orque de fuego. Oh, you had one little bit of it right. Fuego artificiales. Fuego artificiales. 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 It's almost as if fuego artificiales. Fuego artificiales. (laughs) There you go. This is how I have to teach Jake. I have to make references. Podcast is brought to you by Artigo de Fuecelalas. No, Artigo? Fuego. What? Fuego, sorry. I don't know where Fuego I got to, Fuego Artificiales. Fuego Artificiales. Yes. <laughs> it's so, says so, Cialis right in it. Yeah. All are, right. there side, are there side effects when I say that word? I mean, am I going to. There, there uh, are side effects. To see a local doctor. <laughs> After four hours of you still saying the same word, we got issues. Yeah. All right. We're moving All right, on. Wait, Sarah has to try us. Fuego de Artificiales. No day. There's no day. Fuego Artificiales. Fuego Artificiales. Boom. See how good she is? One time. You should be yeah. one take Jake, and that's never happened. Yeah, now, I'm we'll, 12 takes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on. So here's your your what you wanted so bad. You want a lighter of Al Lighter lighting a lighter, which you think is the greatest thing of all time. We need to have him back on so he could see that. I think he's seen it because they took a picture of him and said they were going to put it on a lighter. Obviously. Uh, that's how they got it. Okay. Right. So it's un mechero de Al Lighter 
Encendiendo un mechero. Un mechero. De al lighter. Un mechero de al lighter. Encendiendo. Encendiendo. Un mechero. Un mechero. Un mechero de al lighter. Encendiendo de mechero. <laughs> un mechent. Un, un mechen, mechento. Mechero, mechero. Un mechero. Un mechero de al lighter. Encendiendo un mechero. Un mechero de al lighter. Encendiendo de al lighter. No de al lighter. <laughs> What is it, L? No. Al lighter's in the middle of the whole thing. Hold on. Remember, Spanish things are not in the same place. They usually are backwards than English. All right. One more time. Un mechero de al lighter. Encendiendo un mechero. All right. Un mechero de al lighter. Encendiendo un mechero. There you go. It's a little Italian at the end of that one. Chicken Parmesan. Did you see? Even his fingers were like that. His fingers are like that. He's talking with Gorgonzola, mozzarella, alider, oh mozzarella, un mechero alider. See, now you got your little bonus in there. Well, that was a good attempt. That was E for effort. <laughs> e for effort, which is wrong. It's been debunked. The myth. It is A for effort. You know what? And we'll give it. It's A for effort. You're wrong. I don't have to be wrong. You're wrong. For once, you're wrong, and I'm right. You're right. Yeah, you just got DFA'd from the English Language Academy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> a guy who won't get DFA'd and it puts an A for an effort for selling shirts is our next guest, and that would be Darren Meenan. Joining us now is a diehard Mets fan and the founder of the Seven Line. You can follow him on Twitter at Darren J. Meenan. You can follow the seven line at the seven line, the seven line.com. Get all your gear, go to one of their outings. I've been several times, always a good time. Darren, welcome to amazing, but true. How are you? I'm doing pretty all right. The Mets are uh, in first place for 75 straight days. Can't complain about that. I'm having, I'm having a fun time so far this season. It's been stressful, but uh, so far so good. We always call it space mountain here. It's been space mountain, the ups, the downs, and you got a perfect setting of that on Saturday where you had the outing in Pittsburgh. Never talk about pit day two. Everyone was saying, take us through the emotions of you and the fan base and the army on Saturday in Pittsburgh. I mean, Saturday was excellent up until the eighth inning. You know, we had 665 days between away outings. Our last one was in September of 2019 in Cincinnati. So just to get the crew back together on the road was great. And when I put the tickets up, I was actually a little curious if they were going to sell out because not everyone's really comfortable traveling yet. And if you remember just a few short months ago, City Field, you know, you were still sitting six feet away. There was only like 200 people in our section on opening day. So to go from that to then 1,400 fans together in Pittsburgh just a few months later was pretty remarkable. But, um, you know, the pregame party, I always do a little little pump up, not really a speech, but I talk to the crowd before we go in, thank people, thank people for coming, so on and so forth. But for the first time ever, we did a moment of silence because I wanted to, you know, enjoy the moment and not to put a somber feeling over the the, the crowd that was having so much fun. But let's remember why we are where we're, where we're at so far and this quickly after how closed down we were just a couple months ago. So thank the first responders and, and the nurses and the doctors and everyone that got us to the point to enjoy ourselves at the baseball game again. And then also remember all those that we lost. But yeah, the, the pregame party we had at McFadden's was phenomenal. 
getting that many fans together. It almost felt like we were back at City Field. And then we went into the ballpark and had a good time. And obviously, we know what happened after Lugo and Diaz came in and, you know, they're lighting off their fireworks. And it was almost like the Pirates fans won the World Series because honestly, we dominated the place for what, three hours. And then the second the tables turned, everyone kind of, instead of cheering on the Pirates, they all just looked at us and started like booing us. But it, it was, it's all in good fun. You know, it's, it's a good time. Well, Figgy, it was nice to hear him say pregame at McFadden's because now you go to McFadden City Field and you're getting the vaccine. You're getting, you went from taking shots to getting the shot. Uh, at McFadden. So it's nice to hear that word again. Uh, yeah, everything's closed down over there. I mean, uh, McKellar went out of business. Even the Pine, they uh, they closed down and rebranded. I think it's like a, like an Asian chicken spot now, which is kind of weird because it's in a hotel. Like, you know, nothing <laughs> yeah. against the Asian chicken spot, but like to have not just like a, a bar in the hotel is kind of weird. But uh, I get emails all the time from fans that are coming into town saying, hey, you know, what can we do before the game? And unfortunately, I have to tell them nothing. Uh, you know, unless you want to tailgate, there's nothing to do anymore. How far you've come from the beginning of the seven line to now and you see that there's no bars around. Are you putting two and two together here? Is, is, is it working for you? Are there any plans for a seven line army bar? I locked up the at the seven line saloon on Twitter in like 2012 because I, I know it's eventually going to happen, but the the neighborhood needs to be redeveloped first. And obviously, you know, even though the will ponds are out as far as the ownership's concerned, I mean, I think they still got a small stake, but they still own, you know, Sterling equities, properties, whatever it is. And they have their hand in the development of everything that's going to happen around the ballpark. So uh, while it's nice to say, hey, we all love Steve Cohen. I was made, I made sure to not kick anyone on the way out because I think I'm going to have to still become a little friendly with uh, the powers that be when I want to open up my bar. But yeah, it's going to happen eventually. I mean, now's not the time. If you've ever been to the marina over there, there was a little shack bar and uh, it's still there. They're redeveloping that whole area. But before COVID happened, I actually jumped the fence to scope it out right where the ferry brings people in. And there's also a little World's Fair Marina over there. There is a spot that was an active bar. It was small. It had a little patio I, eventually if that happens again i'd love to take over that spot yeah you had the truck right the truck is still going yeah we have so i mean you can have a mobile a mobile bar brother just bring the I party this, anywhere i made this uh pretty large investment in the seven line truck a few years ago i bought a fedex truck gutted it and uh had one of the guys have you ever ever seen like pimp my ride there's a guy uh will castro on long island he had a show i think on spike he did the whole thing up we turned it into a mobile t-shirt shop basically it's got wi-fi a tv on the outside which is our menu and uh we were using it in 19 for street fairs and stuff like that and then obviously we know everything got canceled last year so now it's just sitting in the warehouse collecting dust but um it's the most expensive uh thing we've spent money on that actually doesn't make us any money yet so <laughs> yeah yeah you see what i'm saying hey i'm on board with this whole thing because i told you from the very beginning that when you guys started up i unfortunately was with a different team but when i came back uh with sny first thing i wanted to do was see what this was all about and i mean how many times have i been there right there in the thick of it with oh, you yeah, guys yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's it. one of it's one of my favorite things to do you go down there and the atmosphere is fantastic. When I have friends and family come from out of town, first guy I hit up is Darren. I was like, are you guys having an outing? Because I want to show them the real fan experience and, and be able to go and, and just enjoy this team. Win, lose, or draw, 
You guys are still Mets fans. You guys are passionate. You guys bring that energy every single time. You guys are in a video game, for Christ's sakes. How does that feel? We tell people that uh, win or lose, we're undefeated at tailgating. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's what, that's what we use the truck for now. It's like a mobile DJ uh, shop. So we, like, set the DJ booth up. It's in the truck. We got neon lights, and we have fun with it. But, you know, the 7-Line came around at such an important time for Mets fans because I started in 2009. The Mets didn't have any success until 15, but every year we were getting bigger. And that doesn't make any sense. How could a brand, because at the time it wasn't supposed to be a brand. It wasn't supposed to be a business. I just wanted to make some funny shirts and go to baseball games and fund it by selling the shirts. I could buy tickets and and kind of live this unrealistic Peter Pan life. But it turned into a brand. It turned into a business. To grow every year and bring thousands of people on the road for a team that wasn't even making the playoffs was unheard of. So for us to grow that way was more genuine and well-received by the fan base and respected throughout baseball because it's not like we were coming around after like the Dodgers win the World Series or the Red Sox started to get their act together or the Cubs. If those fan bases have loyal fans, that's that's great. But for us to do it when the team sucked was much more important. And now we're 13 years in, which is insane. Yeah, I remember I sat with you guys the uh, 2015 World Series for uh, a couple of the games and it was electric out there. They the security's like, you got to leave, kid. After, you know, the game five, they lose like, you got to go now. We got to clear the building. And you're just sitting there in amazement. Now, you when did you partner with the Mets? And what when it's your decision to partner with the Mets? And are you still doing your own thing as well? How does that relationship work exactly? It's actually not through the Mets at all. So a lot of people got confused, too, back when um, the Wilpons were going through their stuff. And I was used to make shirts that said, sell the team on it in 2011. I made a lot of topical T-shirts. So, like, sell the team. And I used to have some pretty off-color stuff. So, uh, Did they throw you out of the stadium? You were on ESPN? Yeah, I got kicked you- out. Yeah, I got kicked out once from City Field. I had the Bad boys. <laughs> the Don't Trade Reyes sign, which had my website on the bottom. So Sunday Night Baseball, I went to City Field. Uh, um, they were playing the Braves, and Reyes was up to bat, and I held it up. It was gigantic. It's one of those like three-fold posters, poster boards that you bring for like science fairs. It said, Don't Trade Reyes at the 7 on the bottom, and I was on national television with it. it was, it's a great shot. You should Google it and check it out. But the uh, security came over and said, Don't share your sign anymore. So I folded it up. I said, You know, it's, it's cool. Um, you know, I'll go back to the Shea Bridge, hang out with some friends. On my way out, I handed out some business cards, and then they kicked me out for soliciting. This is like me, Figgy, with the podcast t-shirts handing them out. Now you know. They're going to kick your ass out, bro. So I was kicked out. I think that was 2013 or 2012, whatever that was, whenever Reyes eventually went to uh, the Marlins after that. But I got kicked out, and then I wrote something on Twitter about getting kicked out of the ballpark. And the next day, I was on Boomer and Carton. I was in the New Yorker. The daily news. So I didn't get kicked out on purpose. People thought this was like my master plan. But how would I know that I was going to get kicked out for soliciting? But anyway, two years later, I signed a licensing deal with Major League Baseball, and then I got a kiosk in center field. So it was a crazy turn of events. So yeah, long your question was it wasn't through the matches through MLB. So since I was buying like thousands of tickets at a clip, I'm not the Mets.com. I'm not StubHub. I'm not really supposed to be buying and selling tickets. So the component to it is when you buy a ticket from us, I'm not making a dime on the ticket. I lump it together with a shirt that's royalty bearing to Major League Baseball. So when I sell a ticket, MLB gets their cut from the the product that goes along with the ticket. So that's how we worked it out. So I went to some very scary meetings in uh, Park Avenue in Manhattan. I got a lawyer, which was very good, very expensive, but a good lawyer and uh, worked out a deal that opened the door for me to then work with Majestic on jerseys, New Era on the hats, uh, Windcraft. We, we do our accessories like pint glasses and all this other stuff. So, you know, in the beginning, it was very scary to make that 
jump to being officially an officially licensed brand. But I think this many years in, that was 2014, the fans realized that we're still pulling the string. I'm the only owner. I only have a couple of employees. We do have to get everything approved. I can't make the get and get city t-shirts anymore because everything has to go through licensing and approval. Well, I liked, I had the, I always got compliments for the classic. I miss Shay. It was a hole but it was our shithole that is a classic you can't do that anymore no i ch- actually you know what that was i should have never actually wrote shithole on there because that's a direct quote from daryl strawberry if you ever saw the documentary uh last played shay with uh billy joel he says it was a dump but it was our dump that's what i should have wrote so i changed it to that after i got the license but initially it said shithole but you know things had to change and you know of course there's some haters out there that think i sold out and that's perfectly fine if we didn't evolve into what it is today it wouldn't even be around right now you know i'm cool with people being like oh you sold out well like you know on one hand there's selling out and there's adapting and we had to adapt and change our our focus into being a more positive force behind the Mets fan base and that's what we are you know get rid of the negativity be positive celebrate the team uh you know celebrate the heritage behind the team and support the players and bring fans together and I think that if we could bring 1400 fans together uh in Pittsburgh for a ball game I'm okay with the 10 guys on Twitter that want to chirp at me Figgy I've, l- I've learned how to become a star get thrown out of the stadium and then <laughs> no. come back no, and you get a kiosk no because my face <laughs> is on that damn t-shirt too okay let's get that straight but one, one of the things i love about the hustle with you darren is of course being in new york what do we get all the time we get these you know rappers who are putting out their own cds from the trunk of their car and trying to sell them and they're like no i'd never sell out meanwhile if they got offered a contract to sign with bad boy they do it in a heartbeat right that's why you're doing it the guys in roosevelt field back in the day in the mall walking around the food cart hey buy my you know buy my uh seat maybe my tape you know i'm 40 years old so not before cds buy my mixtape you know but yeah it is what it is you know i'm not getting any younger i'm 40 years old now i got a wife i got a daughter so i'm not thinking the same way as i was when i was 28 you know things change and either you respect that or you don't but I'm, I'm cool with it either way. Yeah, I, again, as in the words of Jay-Z, can't knock the hustle, that's for sure. Thank you. Um, I want you to talk a little bit about, because I'm always raving about fantasy camp, your experience oh, in fantasy camp. I just saw the roster come out for the coaches. I know you're going back. I can't do November. So like they, I understand that things change and, you know, just like I said about adapting, I understand that Doug Dickey's trying to do the best he can out there. But I guess with the schedule conflict of it not being held in uh, January anymore, it's it for me, I can't make it, you know, because I think the first week is like you have to leave on Halloween or something like that. So it's also pretty close to the end of the World Series when you guys would have to go down there. So if and when the Mets do make the World Series again and they have that parade down the Canyon Heroes, I know you guys aren't going to want to miss it. So I can't commit to fantasy camp if I'm going to have to be at the parade. i got to drive the truck down the parade. i got to find my way to bring the truck down, You know, hit up Steve Cohen, be like, let me drive this thing down there, put some railings on the roof, get the guys up there. That'd be fun. But fantasy camp is sick, man. Um, I went two years ago. Last year was obviously canceled. I, I ended up being the MVP on my team. So uh, I was very happy about that. Well, Figgy said you got traded for like a 73-year-old or something. Yeah, that's, I was on the younger side of – of. Uh, I know Kevin Smith. He was also a guy who used to roll with us at the games. He's younger than me. But I think the I think you got to be 30 to go. I was 30 – I think I was 38 at the time or 39. But uh, I took it serious, man. I was practicing. I went to all the, the, the camp stuff at uh, – the prep camp stuff at uh, Gary's. I was going to the batting cage. I, I was I was taking it serious. I had fun, man. And w- what what do you guys have coming up? So you're going to Philly, L.A., and Boston. Are those the upcoming trips this year? We had to cancel a couple early on in the season. We were supposed to go to Tampa and uh, D.C. We canceled those. But, uh, yeah, we have Philly August 7th. 
LA two weeks after that, the 21st, and then uh, Boston on 921, uh, which is actually the 20 year anniversary of Piazza's home run. So that's going to be pretty cool. We have we have a couple hundred left. So if anyone's listening to this, they want to join us, just go to the sevenline.com. That's the only outing that we have left with tickets available. So hit it up. You want me to throw you out right now, don't you? You, might, you want me to throw you out. Do you hear the soliciting right here on my podcast? Soliciting, yeah, I you're out. To... <laughs> you're gone. You're eliminated. No, totally uh, Figgy, I might have to make the trip. My uncle lives in Boston. My brother is moving from Boston to Charlotte in September. But, uh, yeah, I hate that it's a weekday, though. God, Mets, Red Sox, it'd be such a good weekend series at Fenway. Brings back Omir Santos memories. Uh, I was there Fenway. for that. I was there for that Santos home run off Pablovon. The Fenway Park itself, uh, it, it's historic, of course. So you want to get there before something ever happens to it, right? If they decide to tear it down or renovate it, whatever. The seats, though, are not made for us today. And they're made for that the- people. They're not made for people like me. Literally, <laughs> you have to kind of hold yourself in tight together just to fit in your own seat. So it's not comfortable seating. But again, it's historic. Get up there while you can. And if you've got to have uh, 1400 of your favorite people around you, you might as well do it. Yeah, my uh, my dad's from from Massachusetts. He was born there and he has a lot of family up there still. So he has a cousin who's a big diehard Red Sox fan. He's six, six. He can't go to the games. He, he he goes to the game. He doesn't want to be bougie, but he'll go if he gets a suite because it's just not comfortable you know the average height of a of a human when that building was made was not you know whatever the average height is now it had to six, be five four, four ten it had to be like five four back and i'm six two also so i, yeah. I you know i we don't really sit down that often we're kind of standing up getting crazy anyway so I'm, I'm okay with that but yeah the uh the bougie second cousin or my dad's cousin is uh <laughs> is a uh a sweet only guy don't worry sounds about like it you, Figgy. Yeah, it sounds like you Figgy. no no you're the you're the sweet guy that's you only do lie. sweets that's a lot listen darren tell i you, sit I, with the common folks anywhere i sit in the coke corner seven lines army i sit every all around the stadium no, you're the sweet guy. this guy will text me from the coke corner as the game started go you want to roll through and come to the game it, the game's already started jake it's the third inning no, I'm not coming to the game. So, and then, and then, Mister, it's not, his Android. He gets his text late over Mr., here. Mister, Mister, so not elitist, right? Here he is. First thing he says is black jerseys are back out on July 30th. Can we get in the suite? <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, of course, I had to check there first, but I will still sit in normal seats that day if a suite doesn't happen. A suite is always preferred. You know, the unlimited <laughs> food cool, supply is. But incredible. you can't really. I don't feel like you could focus as much on the game when you're in the suite. You're oh, kind of no. wait, 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 wait. Out. I'm focused. Of the double shots of vodka cranberry. That's the, but the, the good. Focus, but the man. good thing is, is that the, the suite has seats outside of it, which Jake got to sit like you know right behind the on deck circle on the visitor side, and it was like, man, this is you know pretty sweet. You get a, a, a very nice view all the way around. The accommodations are great. And listen, City Field compared to you know if you suffer through Shea Stadium and the, the ending of Shea Stadium, you get to City Field. There's so much to do. There's so many good seats. There's so many good views. No matter where you're at, the only place that I have had like any kind of anxiety or panic attack all the way up at the top because it's so damn steep i don't like that feeling anymore i used to do it when i was a kid but once i got on the field and i started looking back at fans i i can't do the, the very top top so sorry if that's elitist jake elitist elitist <laughs> sit in the promenade you little baby um do you think you'll have october out deep into october do you think this team right now do you think steve cohen's gonna make a few moves and this team is built for an October run. I think he's for sure going to make some moves. You know, it's back in the day, we'd always be like, oh, this guy's coming 
coming off the IL, uh, that's that was their move. Like, oh, we, we might get Syndergaard back. We might get Cookie back. That's that's their move. But no, I think that he's already said if he's going to go over the luxury tax, he's going to blow past it. He's not going to just make a, a little splash. We'll see what happens. We have, what, a week now, a week and a day to see what's going to happen. I mean, who would have thought, if you would have told anyone, hey, the Mets are going to have, like, by uh, July 22nd, they're going to dress, like, 65 guys and make trades up and down and get have big Billy McKinney, Cameron Mabin on the team. Like, all these random guys playing for the Mets and they're still going to be in first place three and a half up almost August I, I'd be shocked but yeah I think that they're too close to not go for it I mean who knows what's up with, with uh, Jacob deGrom I mean that's definitely concerning to me he says he's fine I mean he gets these MRIs and it comes back clean so I don't know what's up with him but yeah I think that they're gonna go deep you know finish out this NL East and then once you get to the playoffs anything can happen so just get to the playoffs and then uh, we'll see but I'm definitely not making any plans for October that I can't cancel Darren Meenan of the seven line check him out he does the orange and blue thing podcast with julio's great j quad and uh check them out the seven line.com uh we hopefully will be at one of them i'll hopefully be either la or boston come out to one of those and uh looking forward to it and appreciate you coming on amazing but true absolutely thanks for having me that's a zaijen learning new languages here to episode 71 the hunter strickland edition we barely knew him either of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you, Jake and Sarah McCrory, for producing the show. Give us a five-star rating and write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Send us an email at amazingbuttruepod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 845-391-3660. For Nelson Figueroa and his Spanish Academy, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back on Monday after the Mets' three-game series against the Blue Jays at City. Enjoy the games. We'll see you there.